What's good, football fans? Welcome back to the Fourth and a Mile podcast, alongside my good friends Brady Bradley and Jeremy. My name is Josh, and we appreciate you all tuning in. We are post combine here, and we are evaluating each and every position here of winners and losers. Boys, how are we doing? We're great. Did you guys watch any of the combine? Watched a little bit. I've I feel like had... I feel like with Twitter, you don't really need to watch it because right. I mean I. I don't know about you guys. I follow the draft network. They were posting every unofficial time, height, weight, arm length. So it was like, just kind of peeled to your phone and they kind of gave you all the information you really needed. Is it normally that the unofficial times are so off of the it's official never times? never that it's bad. Funny, it's funny say. you should say that because I was going to start with the biggest loser of the entire combine was the 40-yard dash clocks. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. terrible. Like what, Alave had a... Four two, two six seven or something like that. Two, and it was like a four three a eight. Yeah, yeah or three nine. Like that's, like that's, that's it's not insane. that close. That's, I'm like, oh, it's close to breaking the record, and then he's like way off. Um, but for those of you that have listened for over a year, you know I just love this hype season. Like any any number that comes out, I'm like, do I need to adjust my board? Like, what have I been watching this whole time? So I absolutely love it. And Bradley's the exact opposite. He. <laughs> Hates hype season. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I'm the exact opposite. I, I temper my expectations. I trust more what my eyes see on tape, rather than can you sit there in a sprinter's stance and run 40 yards as fast as you can, just like Mikai Becton. I mean, he could push trucks, but how much could he bench press? Like, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Well, on that note, we are going to move on. We are going to start with some NFL notables. We are going to start with none other than the news that broke today, on Monday. Kelvin Ridley, Kelvin Ridley, the 28 year old receiver from the Atlanta Falcons um, is suspended for the whole season, the whole 2022 season uh, for gambling. He said he only spent $1,500, but he was betting on his own team. So it's against the rules. He's out for the 2022 season, I guess. Thoughts from a fantasy perspective and also from a, a player value perspective would be good to start out with too. Josh, we can start with you since since you have him in a dynasty league. So a little context. This past season, I traded for Calvin Ridley. I sent Burrow and got back picks, Clyde and Ridley. And I felt like that was a decent haul. And obviously that was before Burrow blew up. So not only did Burrow blow up, about six days after that trade went through, Ridley ended up, you know, not coming back to the Falcons for that season. So I was not happy. And then I was going to trade Ridley this just this past weekend to another other than Brady Rose, but didn't pull the trigger. And had I done that, we would have been in much happier with that situation than we are now because Ridley's still on the roster and he is not playing next year. So, so for this is kind of a good perspective. So like uh, for, I'm selling Ridley. So if you're in a dynasty league, I think I – could start considering second round picks. And I think that'd be like a really, really good return for Ridley right now. Yeah, I don't think you'd get a second round. Pick. I don't think so either, but I'm saying like, I, I like that's a pretty good value. I would say let's, let's talk non fantasy football. Is Calvin Ridley done in the NFL? He might be. So, so there is a possibility of that. And it's, I hate to throw the name out Pete Rose. Cause it's totally different than, than what Pete Rose was doing. But Pete Rose is not in the Hall of Fame because of what he did. And yeah. I feel like there's big no-nos when it comes to the, to this profession. And, and this is one of the big, big no-nos. And I was listening to, who was it? I think it was Pat McAfee talk about how NFL players are well-educated that y- you can't take anything as far as a gambling, whether or not it's a, a free hotel stay at a casino. Like they, they educate you very well on, hey, this is a no-no. Like, and Kelvin really clearly broke it. I don't think he's done as far as a career just because I don't think it's as significant as maybe someone's past faults, but nonetheless, this is a very, very big deal. It's, it's a massive deal because they, I mean, they even came out with reports that there was possibly possible trade partners before this. Yes. Right. He's not going anywhere anymore. No. Let's Jeremy, what are your thoughts uh, on this whole Kelvin Ridley situation, either from a, a fantasy perspective or just kind of NFL, like his longevity in this league? Because he, he's really not that old as far as a player-wise. 
No, not not as a player wise, but he's older than you would kind of expect. Like he came right. in as an older yes. receiver, so he's already kind of up there in age for a guy who's only had the minimal amount of years that he has. And then, you know, you factor in like, he's going to be two years removed. I mean, basically two years. Cause what was it? Was it a half of this year or was it a majority half of this year? Half. Yeah. I think it was, it was a majority of this year actually. Yeah. That's so you're talking close to two years removed now. I mean, and then you have these question marks, like it's, I feel like for a lot of teams to be pretty hard pressed to take a shot of now, if he takes like a minimum contract, like, at that point, it's a risk reward, right? So maybe he'll end up getting another shot. But similar to what you said, it's kind of like the written, unwritten rules that maybe these teams don't even take a shot on them. From a fan, fantasy perspective, if you're in Josh's situation, like you're, I mean, you, you really don't have like an option. So, I mean, you either you either decide that you're going to take the absolute bare minimum just to have him off your roster and not have to think about it, or you're just going to absolutely play the longest holding game of all time because – you're just mm-hmm. never going to get return on what, what you bought. So at that point, it might be worth hanging on to for that long. If you're in a, a bigger dynasty roster or have a bigger dynasty roster, then, you know, then it just kind of is what it is, unless you're willing to take like a fifth round pick. And, and I'm glad that Josh had 28, because I, I guess I take back what I said. I thought he was younger than that. He really only has been in the league. I was kind of, I had him and Amari Cooper flipped around because Amari Cooper's, came into the league very young i believe is that Uh, correct yes um notoriously wide receivers by like the age of 30 really really start to hit a decline so when you take this entire season off theoretically he's going to be 29 when we're talking at this time next year if my logic checks out um and uh (laughs) hey let's go um theoretically if you go by what numbers and analytics say he's essentially got one good year left and, and what do you value one good year if he comes back like jeremy said two years removed from playing in the nfl yeah it's it's crazy and it's something we'll have to monitor for um the next year or so because i'm i'm assuming he's probably going to appeal it but i don't think he's going to lose it like i think i still think he's gonna be out for the year yeah um I saw somebody like quote tweet his tweet like oh this is gonna speed up the appeals process <laughs> <laughs> right um the other notable Hopefully this is the last week we have to talk about it. The, uh, the Rogers rumors going around. Um, the tag deadline is tomorrow, Tuesday, correct? Yes. Yes. Apparently he's supposed to make a decision by then. If you had to bet money, we don't play in the NFL, so we're not going to get in trouble for it. Too soon. Too soon. Sorry. Hey, okay. I haven't hit 30 yet. I can still play receiver. <laughs> yeah. Coming into my own. Hey, why can't I be play quarterback? If you had if you had to put money on it, where is Aaron? What is Aaron Rodgers doing? Retiring, getting traded, or playing in Green Bay? Packers. I'd be willing to bet just about every single dollar that I have that he's not retiring. Really? Um, I would bet a lot of money that he's not making his decision by tomorrow. That's just going to be interesting because what if they don't tag Devontae? Well, then his decision's probably already made. That puts True. the Packers in such a tough decision, though. Like, There's no that... chance in the world that I wouldn't tag Devontae. Even if he's not playing in Green Bay, I'm getting something for him. I'm going right. to tag and trade him. There's no way. I would be – I'd be pretty shocked that if they didn't. Yeah. Heck, Chris Godwin's getting tagged, and he's going to be out for half the year. Unless they're having conversations that we don't know about that Devontae's saying, like, you have zero chance of keeping me if you tag me. Like, like if you, you know what I'm saying? Though. Like, if he's saying, if he's saying, hey, we can work out a deal. If you tag me, though, no shot. I like, I don't know. That's risky. I, I don't know. I that, but that would be the only way that they would tag him is if like there's something going on that we don't know about in terms of them being close to a long term deal. But yeah, it would just be it would be shocking to me if they didn't. But so the rumors- I think. I think Rogers plays Green Bay. Also. Yeah, the rumors of Rogers getting like lucrative deals from Green Bay and hasn't signed it is a little concern. Not if I was a Green Bay Green Bay Packers fan, which I'm not even close to, uh, it, it would be a little concerning for me. They they're offering him more years, more money to basically Rob Dombowski or whatever from ESPN, who's very in tune with Green Bay um, news. 
basically said it would change the quarterback market and he hasn't accepted it. Uh, that's, that's a little concerning. The one, so obviously there's tons of reports coming out of everywhere and people call him selfish because he's waiting and just report after report after report. The one report that I do, I like personally believe is that him holding out this decision, not that, you know, he, he's probably got it made up in his mind already, like at least to some extent. And last week to this week to next week, isn't going to do a massive change in his mind, but him holding is his leverage. Like he technically doesn't have leverage because he's under contract. Like he would play again next year. Um, but him holding out on his decision on whatever that is, is his leverage of potentially trying to get the team to make the moves that he wants. So that's the one report that I kind of can see that being the case, but it's just really hard to play that game right now. Cause there's reports everywhere. Tomorrow is going to be telling on what they do with Devonte. I would assume that they're going to, they're going to tag him. I don't think there's anything more we need to add to that right now. I'm sure. We're going to talk about it next week, <laughs> maybe the week after, but let's move on to the scouting combine. So what we're going to do for this episode, we are going to do winners and losers. We're going to look at every single position um, outside of punter, kicker, and long snapper, apologize. Um, but we are going to look at winners and losers. We're going to start on the offensive side of the football with the quarterback position. Did anybody have any big winners <laughs> from the NFL scouting combine? Uh, it's I, We're going to talk about him anyway, so might as well just, you know, get the guy's name out there first. It was Malik Willis. I thought like his – Wait, you wanted to bring him up, Josh? I did. Yes. Um, accuracy down the field and just total arm strength, I thought was incredibly impressive. Um, you know, those, but at the same time, like we knew those were the things that he was great at of having a really strong arm and being very athletic. And so I just thought that the, the accuracy downfield was something that we didn't necessarily know. And I mean, we still don't, it's like, it was just a one day, but I thought it was, um, it was telling that it's, he's got it in the bag, like, which is nice. Well, I mean, I want stuff off the field too. Yeah. 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 For me, I went Desmond Ritter um, is kind of the winner of yep. the combine just because his testing was off the charts. First and 40 yard dash first and vertical first and broad jump fourth and three cone. So like athletically, he is very gifted for me. What the, the big thing was like, Hey, this, this guy might be a first round pick. So after he ran his, his 40 yard dash, and I believe it was Desmond Ritter, um, you could just, they showed a clip on NFL network of all of his teammates just absolutely celebrating. Like they were the ones that just ran the four five, two. And for me, that just kind of says a lot about what he was at Cincinnati. He was more than just a quarterback. He's a good leader in the locker room. And that's something that like, you don't see like a combine won't show that up when you go with combine highlights. So for something like that, it's just something that I put in the back of my brain. Like, Hey, if this guy gets drafted, like he's probably going to win over your locker room. Guys are going to want to go to war with this guy. And that's something that's honestly really big from the quarterback position. Yeah, I, I agree with Josh. I think um, Willis obviously was a winner, but I also had Ritter for a lot of the same things Bradley mentioned. Um, I think you knew kind of what he was at this point, right? You knew kind of the flaws. You knew some of that. You knew uh, what Bradley just alluded to, his intangibles. Like he helped change Cincinnati to what it is now, like a college football player team. Like he had a huge hand in that. Um, his chance to separate from some of these other uh some of these other quarterback prospects were his measurables and he absolutely capitalized in just about every single statistical category there uh, this past weekend. So I think it's a, a massive win for him when he's trying to separate himself from these other guys. Desmond Ritter was my guy. And the only thing I'll add to it on the football field, when he was throwing, it just looked like the ball jumped out of his hands. Like I, I feel like people question his arm strength. It's just fine. And then we also heard he killed the interviews too. So you just hear from reporters saying that he killed the interviews. Um, I was going to say that Detroit was like an awesome spot at 32, but after seeing the report of Dan Campbell making him drink milk when he's lactose intolerant, it just makes me, makes me think that that should not be a thing. Is that it's, not the most Dan Campbell thing what, ever? What are you doing? It's so, <laughs> like, such, mixed, such mixed feelings about the guy. Cause like, his press conference initially was like, okay, you're just a whack job. But then like, <laughs> just, then he has, he has these guys playing hard. And then he has things like this that come out. And it's like, what are you doing? 
Um, but I all I didn't want to interrupt Brad or uh, Jeremy, but I really wanted to when he said a uh, Ritter had a big hand in that. I was going to bring up Kenny Pickett because small hands. <laughs> I'll be here all week. Um, but I think that's kind Kenny of Ritter also had big hands, so you could have huh? made that joke. But yeah, no, that's true. But uh, <laughs> hey, we had to get another name in there, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to get another name in there. So eight and a half inch hands. So like no starting quarterback in the league has hands that size. But Ritter's Burrow, was 10. <laughs> huh? Ritter's yeah, was that's, 10. That's, that's, yeah, that's definitely big. And uh, Bur- they, you saw, did you see Burroughs tweet about like thinking about retiring after he had his hands measured at like nine? Yeah. And it's like, you know, I think it worked out well for me. So I don't know if that's going to be overhyped or you know, if they're not going to, Oh, it's already overhyped. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's overhyped. I I don't know. I, I'm not a hand expert, so I don't know what is, he had a lot of fumbles at pit. So that it's gotta be an issue. So uh, let's move to the running back position. I think we might have a couple surprisers here. Yeah. I want to start for sure. The running back that had a huge, like terrible, it was Kyron Williams. He had a four, six, five, 40. And I think that he was supposed to drink. Uh, hey, can we talk about? Long. Can we talk about losers for quarterbacks? Or are we just? I, gonna, I, I totally just jumped that. I my apologies. Let's let's start with losers for the quarterback position. Go through go through a loser. For for me, it was Matt Corral. It, it, if you don't participate, they can't see what you can do. And obviously, he did the interviews, which is big. But at the end of the day, like the quarterback has to throw the football. And you didn't throw the football, so no one can be impressed with you if you're not doing anything, in my opinion. So that's why I have him as a loser, um, just based off his not throwing at the combine. The guy I had uh, was Sam Howell, um, yeah. which, like, when you watch Sam Howell's tape, like, I don't know, I, I like I like kind of some of the things he does, but he just kind of seems like one of those, like a college basketball player that's really, really good at the college level but just isn't going to translate to the NFL. Like, he kind of – feels like he kind of has that game a little bit where it's just, I don't know if he'll be successful at the next level, but this was definitely a losing weekend for him. I mean, he was already battling some questions about his size and height and everything like that. And then just to see some of these other guys really pop off the page in some of the the individual drills, Malik Wells's arm, and then seeing Ritter, you know, kill the measurables. Like it just overall just wasn't a great weekend for him in that sense. So I've seen a lot of Sam Howell comparisons to Baker Mayfield. And I know a lot of that is based on appearance more than anything. Like they just physically look very similar. They play and, very similar. Do you, yeah. And that, that's what Their I was going to say. Mannerisms, like everything. There's any validity to that. So in my con, I gave him a comp that said Baker Mayfield without the baggage. Like that's honestly yeah. what I said it is. So like if you draft him in late first round, early second round, I, I would give him a year to figure He's got something with this throwing motion. And I notice it when I watch film too. He lifts his back leg up when he throws. He's still got an absolute cannon of an arm. But I'm just, I think you could give him a year just to to work behind somebody. But Detroit is a, like a perfect team to draft a quarterback at 32. So like I would I would see them drafting a quarterback and letting him sit for a year. Um him, Corral, Ritter, Pickett, like the, all those guys would fit there. Willis won't be there. Um but like I, I feel like there's some good with his game, and he can run too. There's one thing we haven't talked about his name a lot, so I'll spend a little bit longer time on. There's one thing to note about him too. Like a year ago, like not this past year, the year prior, like had a good year, had a good statistical year. Look at the guys he's playing with: okay, Javante Williams, Michael Carter, Dami Brown, like bunch of NFL guys. He loses all of that talent, and in like it took him a little bit to adjust again. And he's playing with guys that are much different. Uh, skill level so like I think you have to take some of that into account with him too and I'm taking I'm talking from the positive side with him like it was a massively different type of year for him this year and he was the guy like he had to make everything happen Uh, so I think you can look to that last year's tape a little bit more and if he's in the right situation he can be successful yeah for me I don't know how I feel about that obviously that's a an indicator but like I'm going to draft a quarterback in the first round. Like I want him to produce no matter what his talent is around him. Like I want him to be yeah. the reason that that talent is good too. I, I, I totally get what you're saying. He was a different quarterback. And I think maybe even what he did it in his, this last year show that he can run more too. So like, yeah, he, he just said, screw it. I'm not throwing yeah, it. I'm just taking off. <laughs> exactly. So I, I had Sam Howell too. 
Um, but I also agree with Bradley. Matt Corral, he's still banged up, so I think that's probably why he didn't produce or didn't uh, test at the combine. But it hurts. It hurts a lot. Um, any other quarterbacks, or can we move back to running backs? Move back to running backs. Let's move back to running backs. Should we Josh. start with the losers this time? Yeah. Josh, go ahead. <laughs> Well, I just thought it was interesting because the the tape that Kyron uh, Williams puts out did not ma- like match his forty time at all. He ran a four a four six five, which is the last of all the running backs that ran. Um, you know, the jumps weren't very you know very impressive. He weighted at one ninety four, which isn't what you want of an NFL running back to you know in the trenches between the tackles. So. Well, I think it's fine if he weighs 194. You can't run a 465 if you weigh. Oh, you can. <laughs> like, that's, that, oh. And that's that's what I'm getting yeah, at. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah, yeah. That one can exist, but the other has to be, you know, significantly better if it if that's the case. So very interested to see what how NFL teams react to that, whether they look at the tape and say, wow, he was really explosive and was able to produce at, you know, at Notre Dame, which is very prestigious, but the combine was horrible. I, do you guys I, think I, he moved himself into a for sure day three pick? Yes. Not for sure. I Not for sure. I think you got to, you can't, you can't put too much stock into that. Like you got to see his pass protect his ability to catch a football, his ability to break tackles. I, I don't think it's for sure that he doesn't go in day two. It would have to be very late day two. If that's the case though. Very, very disappointed with, with four, six, five guys. Like if you run, if you run like a four five, no one's no one's really talking about you in the negative aspect, but four six five, like you can't come out and take last, and because like his game is more of a potential third down running back, very good catching the ball out of the backfield. Four six five is not going to get the job done. So I hope that one he runs at his pro day, and I'm two sure his will. tape his tape will will correct that. Yeah, that would definitely help. Any other losers? He was my main loser. He, um, of the running back group he was mine as well but I had a name similar to um Bradley with Corral and that's Spiller like I just did not have those measurables I think especially when you see Kenny Walker and you see Brees Hall like measure well uh when you're trying to be you know the top guy taken that doesn't really help your case what kind of injury did he have again too because he has something where he didn't even like he didn't even get measurables there yeah, he was – I can't remember what it was off the top of my head either, but, you know, his his agent didn't come out and say that, you know, he'll I for do. sure be doing all that stuff at his pro day and that he'll he'll shoot – he'll show why he should be the number one running back taken. Yeah. Let's let's talk winners of the running back group. I think Brees Hall cemented himself as the best running back in the Josh in loves draft. Brees Hall. <laughs> if I – outside – I don't think on the pod I've expressed love for Brees Hall, but other than just like before us talking about him a little bit. Well, <laughs> news for our listeners, Josh loves Brees Hall. <laughs> I guess. I love Brees Hall. Yeah. yeah, but I think he just cemented himself as just height, weight, speed. Like he's just got it all and he can be able to do pretty much anything as far as a running back goes. So do you think I, he's for sure the RB one? I do. I do. He wouldn't Kenneth Walker no. ran a four, three, eight. That I is- wouldn't say he's the for sure number one. Maurice Hall ran a four three nine. Let's not act like point oh one's gonna no, but, but Kenneth Walker was fantastic this last year. He was the he, wasn't he, he the running very back award winner? He was very good this year. I, I guess I don't know for a fact if he was or was not. He's, but he's really good. I watched a lot of Kenny Walker tape this past weekend again. Like I'd probably watched one uh one game and then I watched another two. He's really good. <laughs> and he tore up a very good Michigan defense, like with Aiden Hutchinson on it, the number two prospect and number two. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I just want to throw one more running back in there outside of the big two. Tyler Goodson impressed me. The running back out of Iowa. I did not think he was a four, four, two 40 time. Um, ultra productive at Iowa. I think, well, let me see what his numbers. He had a, over 1,100 rushing yards, uh, average over four and a half yards per carry. So uh, it's probably going to be a day three pick, but just keep your eye on him. I, I think he he looked good in the drills too. I, I, I enjoyed watching him run. He, he seemed like he run just as smoothly as Brees Hall. I'm not saying he's as good as Brees Hall. Obviously, it was just three reps, so it's not like you can say that. But I, he was ultra productive at Iowa, uh, 4-4-2, good player. 
I had James Cook written down, just 4-4-2 speed. He, he doesn't get enough credit for how good he is in receiving. Like, Georgia had him split out numerous times. He's had a lot in the college football playoffs. I think he's a sneaky guy that'll probably get picked end of day two, early day three, that could end up turning some heads. I mean, similar to what Delvin did. Obviously, Delvin was more highly coveted. He had a better college career. But I think James has a similar skill set. I'd be shocked if he didn't go day two. And I think, to be honest with you, I think he's worth a day two pick. When, when I watch him, he, he kind of gives me flashes of Kamara. He's, really? he's slighter. He's a slighter build, so he's not he's not Kamara. So I'm not putting that pressure on him. But like, he just gives me shades of Kamara the way he moves and and can split out like Kamara does. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure you could put defenses in a similar bind that he does if yeah. he's in the right system. Any other running backs? Or can we move on to the wide receiver position? Wide receivers. Okay, who was a wide receiver winner at the scouting combine? For me, this one was easy. Um, Christian Watson. Absolutely. You talk, talk about a guy that was kind of not really heard of going into Mobile. Turned a ton of heads there. You know what he said? My structure is going upwards. Might as well keep it that way. Like, tested off the charts. Th- this guy might be a first-round pick. Oh, yeah. 4 like, three, 6 at 6 4 208 is insane. But incredible broad jump. Like, he, he tested in, like, the top five in most of the categories. Just a like, freak. At six foot four. So obviously you, you wonder if the level of competition, but having so much success at mobile kind of silences that a little bit. So I think the combination of what he did at the combine with what he's done at the senior bowl, I mean, this guy's trajectory is going upwards and upwards and upwards. Yeah. I, I had him as well. I mean, I went into the weekend, but not into the weekend, but I I've been thinking like, Hey, as a Packer fan, like for sure. Do, no. do you think the Packers could, you know, because they're traditionally, they don't draft first round wide receivers. So I'm thinking like, I'm thinking a guy in maybe round two, round three, I'm like, I think this could be the guy in round two. Like I, now I'm like, Oh crap. I don't think that's going to happen. No, I think I mean, he's he, going to be there at 28 for them or whatever yeah, pick they have. Like, I think he that's absolutely play. killed the weekend. Like Bradley said, like he took that, that uh, rising stock and just bumped it up a couple, couple more notches. Josh, who'd you have? I had uh, Christian Watson as well, but I can throw another name in there of like George Pickens running a four, four, seven at six, three, one ninety five is fantastic. That's yeah. I was hoping it was going to be a little faster. He said low four fours, high four threes. So I was, I, I texted you guys. I said, if he runs high four threes, low four fours, he moves into my top three receivers instantly. Cause like he was supposed to be like the guy coming out of this class before he tore his ACL. So who'd you move out of your top three then? Uh, Drake London would have moved. Oh, he, he didn't. He ran a he he ran a high four four. So he's he's not. He, I didn't move him. So I, I I did not move him. Did not move him yet. Um, yeah. I'll throw another yet. Yeah, yeah. Another another guy that I'm going to throw in there is Calvin Austin. He absolutely killed the combine. Four three two forty. He had a thirty nine inch vertical. He had the fastest three cone out of all the receivers. Showed the short area quickness. Showed the straight line speed. Can also jump too. So. He's a lock to go to Kansas pick. City. Yeah, it could be. Like, <laughs> first round, get you speed. Think first round? No, I no, oh. I don't. But I'm just saying, you run fast. Kansas City wants you. Yeah. Uh, one last winner, unless anybody else has one. But I feel like he should probably be talked about. I feel like Chris Olave did a lot to help himself yes. at the top. He um, did. I, I I think he he showed Ooh. that he can battle with those top guys in terms of like being a question mark for the top three, top two type of wide receivers. I, th- I think I thought he did enough to, to disagrees. say that he's in the question or in the conversation. I disagree. Garrett Wilson running faster. That's to me, that's Garrett Wilson is skyrocketing my boards. I'm not saying like Chris Olave running a four, oh, three, nine. He's a how much first round can pick. He get? Well, Garrett Wilson was like my four. So like he, he's moving up my boards. I did not think Garrett Wilson was that fast. I agree with you, Jeremy. Like, Chris Olave definitely did not hurt his stock. Like he is a lock for a first round. Cause I, cause I thought he did. I thought he did extremely well. And like, um, kind of like the, the receiving drills themselves too. Like it, which again, I think he's known as like that deep threat, but if he shows he's more polished in those other areas, which I thought he did, 
Um, I, I just felt like that helped him. But I agree with you. It's tough. I mean, because Garrett Wilson did have a good weekend as well. Yeah, no, I, I think Chris Olave, I wish I would have seen him do like the short area quickness ones, like the three cones and the, and the short shuttle and things like that. I think it was intentional. He didn't do it, but uh, no, I, I, I think he's, he's going to be just fine. Let's talk losers from the wide receiver position. I can start us with one. Uh, it was the hometown kid. It was David Bell. I, this was supposed to be like a round two, round three guy. I knew he was slow, but four, six, five is not great, especially with everybody else running that fast. He's, he's going to be an okay receiver in the league, but like, I was hoping he would flash a little bit more. So kind of stock down for me on him. Yeah. Another guy for me was uh, Wandale Robinson. Uh, they had the, in this, the school had him at five eleven, and he measured in at like five, eight, uh, one seventy eight. So like, I know that's super common in like college sports and high school sports to like have you listed, you know, taller and heavier than you are. But, you know, when you're actually, you know, getting measured for the combine, like coming in at five, eight, like clearly that's not impossible to still be productive in the NFL, but it certainly makes it less likely. I would say that's very slight. Guys, I'm going to say Traylon Burks. I, I had He's him as well. Too. Uh, yeah. yeah. And he didn't test that bad. Like he tested okay for his size and his, his weight. So like he tested okay, but I think it was either last podcast or the podcast before I said that like, we could have be having a different conversation about Traylon Burks after the combine. Cause he's going to wow everybody. He didn't really wow me. Like it, when I saw his 40 time and I'm like, man, I, I thought, I thought you were going to run like DK Metcalf turning heads, big, fast. His three cone, he was he was in the bottom three in his three cone, which you kind of expect with his his size. His routes I'm not great either, though. I, I'm not out on Traylon Burke, so don't hear what I'm not saying. But he didn't wow me, and I would maybe my expectations were just way too high because everybody I heard around was like, "Yep, that's what, that's what we expected." Like it's still really impressive for his his size and and his weight, but I mean, I don't know. I was expecting a little bit better. I was as well. He was on my list. You know, when we're having that conversation with that Riley just alluded to, like we're talking about like trying to solidify himself in the top 10, you know, top, yeah, right. You know, 10, maybe 11, 12, like that conversation. Whereas like, to me, I think he's still a first rounder, but like we're talking more in the twenties now, potentially. Yeah. I think Um, what we were hoping for, sorry to interrupt you, I'll let you get back to your point, but we were kind of hoping for after the combine, it was, okay, who's wide receiver two? Because Traylon's wide receiver one. And, and we just didn't get that answer that we needed there. Yeah, I would agree with that. And and one thing, like, on the other side of that is, as we've continued to say, like, don't read into all of these like it's the end-all be-all. I mean, he plays much faster than his numbers say on tape. I mean, and, and again, like Bradley said it already on this episode, you do have to trust your eyes. Um, but also at the same time, when you're deciding between – that one, two, three guy that are really, really close, you do tend to look at some of these, these measurables, but again, like he, he still is a a really good athlete, still is big bodied and and strong and fast. But I think we wanted to leave this weekend going, yup, there's that freak that we thought he was. And you just, his numbers didn't say that. Agreed. Let's go through tight ends real quick. We're running out of time for, before we get to a break, (laughs) what was the tight, who was the tight end that impressed you? Just really quick, I'll say Jelani Woods out of Virginia. Uh, he had the most bench press reps and second fastest 40 time at 4.61, and the dude's like 6.7. Uh, so it's the fastest time by anyone that tall since 03. Uh, so I thought he really helped his stock and just of sheer explosiveness. The same answer. I feel like we're probably all going to have the same answer because not to say tight end's a boring position, but there's not a, a Kyle Pitts in, in this tight end class. And, and Jelani Woods definitely made a name for himself being 6.7. And, and being able to bench press that many reps at that height is just kind of, honestly, it's impressive. And it's, I, th- I think if I was a GM, I'd be very intrigued by the prospect. One guy I give a shout out to, and I'm going to probably pronounce his name wrong, is Chig Okamkwa. I don't know. Sounds good to me. Trick. Proceed. <laughs> he had the best 40 time. Um, he had the second yep. best vert. So that, that could be a split out tight end if, if need be. Um, so I'll just give him a shout out. Any other tight ends or move on to loser for the tight end position? I thought Trey McBride from Colorado State had a good weekend, but. Okay. Losers for um, the tight end position. 
I didn't have one. To be honest with you, because it's and it's not a it's not a bad class, but like like I said, there's no there's no TJ Hawkinson and Noah right. Fant. There's no there's no Kyle Pitts. So it's it's kind of like man, like what do you want in your tight end? And that's what you can. There's not one that was like wow, you you really tested really really bad in my opinion. Right. Uh, I had one because um, it was probably more of a selfish you know follow. Uh, Jake Ferguson from Wisconsin just. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's Move a guy on. that Who he's a guy that had a good se- like good senior ball. He's been touted for you know his his blocking and some of his pass catching, and thought he could maybe be a lot. Many thought he could be a day two pick, um, and his numbers kind of show day three pick. So, if that geez, he was the worst Ben's press. Geez, get get in the weight room, Wisconsin. Yeah, geez. <laughs> offensive line. Who was a winner for the offensive? Line? I'll start for the winner. The winner of the offensive line group was Trevor Penning. Oh. 6'7", 325. He ran a 4.89. He had the best short shuttle, so he's got the short area quickness. He's a dog. People loved him in the interviews. He is a lock to be a top 15 pick. No matter what offensive line guru Bradley <laughs> Rose says, Trevor Penning, OT1. <laughs> OT1? Not OT1. There, <laughs> I was on a rant. There are two prospects in which, I mean, I don't, I don't know if my eyes are failing me or, or what's going on, but I, I have to rewatch probably every one of their games. I watched, I think three of Penning's games and I just wasn't impressed. Um, so I'm definitely, that's when I, when I finish my top 20 prospects and I, I circle around, he's going to be the first one I check again because it's, you hear everybody like in the industry and they're like, Oh, we love Penning. We love Penning. And it's like, I don't like, I, I don't, I don't know why I don't, I just don't see it on tape. So, I mean, he, like his measurables are incredible. He tested really well. He had a good senior bowl. So I understand all of that. I, I like, I go with my eyes and he's not even in my top five for offense tackles as it stands right now. Just a mistake. Uh, Josh, did you have Trevor Penny? Uh, he was one of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another, I, I did as well. I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to not call him a winner when you post uh, the numbers he did. But another guy I had was Zion Johnson, um, you know, taking what he did at 32, 32 reps um, and, and checking that box there. I mean, he's already showed his versatility and what he can do uh, across the uh, different offensive line positions. I just felt like it was a really good weekend for him to just continue to uh, check out different boxes um, and show his versatility and his strength and his power. I also had Zion Johnson. I, Similar to with Christian Watson, I think Zion Johnson left Mobile on a high, and I think he did the same thing in in Indianapolis. I think a lot of different things went well for him. He he bench pressed a lot, which I feel like for guards is, is pretty pretty impressive. You just need to have that power in the inside there, and he also had a really good twenty shuttle. It was top three of all offensive linemen in his his twenty yard sh- shuttle. I think twenty yard right. Um, Four four six, which is is pretty impressive. So I think his trajectory is also going in the right direction. That's what you want for a guard too. You want that short area quickness. I mean, we haven't we haven't thrown his name in there, so I'll throw his name in there. Ikiakuanu was. That's yeah. Sorry, Josh, if I took your guy. He solidified himself as the top five pick. He can play tackle. Yeah, that's fantastic. What do you think of Evan Neal not uh, participating? I, I think his reasoning's fine. He, he said he – obviously it doesn't look good because the George guys killed it, but he said he wanted to recover from the season and he'll show up at his pro day. I mean, what how like how high else can he go, though? Like what else do you have to prove? Because he's likely going to be the one-on-one. I think he, if, if you had to bet on somebody, would it not be Evan Neal? A lot of people are saying icky. icky? <laughs> A lot of people oh. are. I know. I, it surprised me too. We'll wait and see after Evan Neal's pro day what that does with height, but – I was incredibly surprised how lean he looked. Oh my word! Wow, is right. He did not look like an offensive lineman. Yeah, offensive linemen are so different than when they like you see like videos of linemen in like the eighties and nineties. They're so different now. Quick loser for the offensive line position. I, I was really disappointed in Kenyon Green. Uh, same, same. He, he's a guy that I've really liked watching on film, um, and his numbers were just. I mean, kind of putrid. 20 bench press reps? Yeah. 5.2440. Well, I I watched his, like, 
on-field activities too, and he kind of struggled in those too. I, he's a top 40 pick for sure. Like he's the second best guard in the class, but I would Zion's for sure ahead of him now, in my opinion. Do you think it's like, do you think that's like consensus in the draft community? I now? think, I think it is now. He, Zion had a really good senior bowl, but he played, he did better than him at the combine. I, I would say that's interesting so. for me. Mine was Bernard Ryman. I'm out of central Michigan. I was encouraged that he bench pressed 30 reps. That, that's encouraging for me. Oh. His arm length is a little bit of a concern for me. And, and his 40 time was, was not great. Um, converted tight end. I thought it was kind of going to be the opposite. He was going to struggle with the bench press compared to these offensive linemen and that he was going to run really fast. Um, but it was kind of the opposite for me. It was the arm length. When you're talking about an offensive tackle ideal arm length is about that 34 inches is it's probably the best and he was I think at 32 32 and a half is kind of what his his arm length was so that's a, a little bit of a concern for me sorry 32 and seven eighths um it's a little bit of a concern for me I have him in my top five certainly not going to move the needle for me on moving him up or down but you better move him that, down because one other guy needs to be in your top five yeah, I think I might have to move <laughs> Daniel Falele out of there. <laughs> Trevor Penning is top five tackle. One more shout out. One more shout out to Blaze Andrews. Marshall, Minnesota. Stand up. University of Minnesota. So sick. Yep. At the combine, ran a five, five, one flat. He had thir- almost 34 inch arms, too. So he can very, very productive for the Gophers, too. So yeah. he's interesting. Shout out to him. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back and do defense. Hi, guys. This is Jeremy Becker from the 4th and a Mile podcast. Just wanted to thank you guys for tuning in and remind you to follow us on Twitter at 4th and a Mile Pod. That's 4th and a Mile Pod. Thanks, guys. And now back to the sports. Welcome back into the 4th and a Mile podcast. Let's start talking defense at the Combine. So we're going to start with interior defense alignment. Josh, do you want to start with winners or losers for that? Let's do winners. Let's do winners. And I'll start. We had Jordan Davis, a defensive tackle out of Georgia. Uh, I'm run stunned eight. that you said him. Why? <laughs> <laughs> run of four. You've only uh, said Malik eight. Willis, Brees Hall. <laughs> I, hey, the top guys are They're winners. most entertaining. Yep. Yeah. And uh, just absolutely fine, uh, four, seven, eight. Like, that's not – you shouldn't be that big and move that fast. It's just – I don't want – can you imagine, like, the just strike the fear of God in you and the guy that fast, that big running after you, like, out wide? Goodness gracious. It's insane. Like, I, I saw the explosiveness and the speed on film. I did not see four, seven, eight. And the short area quickness just proves the ability for him to grow as a pass rusher, too. Like – his ability to be twitchy too. It's just, he's going, he, I keep saying a lot of people are going top 15. So I don't know if I could say that for him, but there are update. There'll is, be 50 players going in the top exactly. 15. I repeat 50 players. If I'm Cleveland at pick 13, I'm taking him. Oh, I would, I would pick his teammate Devonte Wyatt. He was my winner. The guy's over 300 pounds and he ran a four, seven, seven. Like, yes, Jordan Davis was obviously very impressive no one's going to deny that but he kind of overshadowed what Devonte wyatt did yeah, uh, at the combine true. as well because Devonte wyatt tested very well and to be honest with you i don't know if this is a bold statement to say he was more of a complete player at georgia than jordan davis was that's do, a bold do we, statement do we agree with that <laughs> no. like yeah, i mean he was the the he won the defensive line award so no that's not that's not a bold statement I, I also had Devontae Wyatt. Yeah, I that's not bold to say that. How about losers on the defensive line? The I guy who just keeps on dropping. Go ahead, Becker. DeMarvin Leal. It's, it's not looking good. I, I also I also have DeMarvin Leal. It, he's gonna be a third round pick. He's not gonna be he's, a third he's round a, pick. He's, he's not, not going in the second pick. round. He'll go in the second no. round. Nope. He's not gonna. Really? Where do you think he's going? I think he's going Brady. to the third round. Goodness gracious. Um, I'd be a I little have... surprised if he fell all the way to the third, but. Yeah. You better not go to the Vikings in the second round. 
Um, and I just had Micah Sanders uh, weighing in at 228. I think for a defensive end, that's really, really light. And I don't so think he's a gonna... winner or a loser? Loser, sorry. Loser, okay. 228s. I didn't know we moved to losers. And I'm like, um... yeah, we're talking about losers. I love my J. Sanders tape. I think leads us into a good discussion for the edge class. Who are the other losers outside of Maje Sanders that would, would be classified as a loser? For me, right. for me, it was Kingsley Engambare. Uh, just got done watching his tape, honestly, this weekend, and I was was really impressed with some of the things he did and some of the things he did not do kind of hurt him. And for him to come out and run a 4.87, I thought – one of his strong suits was his explosion, his get off. When he played with good get off, he was very effective. And for a four eight seven, kind of turns me off a little bit on him. Obviously, like I said earlier, I take it with a grain of salt. But he was one of the guys that I was thinking, you know what? Getting the the low four sixes or high four fives, and you're in a good spot. But he didn't. Can I give one that's gonna be surprising probably to you guys? Just say Aiden Hutchinson. That's fine. No. Kayvon Thibodeau. Tibbs, yeah. He, there's rumors that he uh, withdrew from the combine because it was a long day. <laughs> uh, like that, I I read it on Fox Sports posted it. So like I like it's it's a legit yeah. media th- media outlet that said that, which would make sense. He only did a 40 yard dash time. He only bench pressed. Obviously, his both those were really good, but like that makes me wonder what what happened. Like what is going on. That that made you, that that made this story come out. Is is something else happening? It's just not a good media outlet to to have under your name. I'm not I'm not saying I'm moving him off my my number one prospect, but it's just interesting. Certainly, I, I, I assume you guys are all stunned. Okay. Yeah. It. I guess I didn't even really think about it. You, when you look at like the rankings for like 40 yard dash, he, he ranks up high. He ranks high up in bed press. And you just kind of forget that he, he kind of, that's it. That's all it is. And, and when you turn on his tape, he's got really good tape. But like when you hear rumors about, is he all in it? And then he withdraws from the combine there for me, like there's, there's other good edge defenders that whether or not you believe it's true, which my personal opinion is I do not believe it's true. I like to believe that this is a guy that's under the age of 22. He's not a perfect, he's, he's a kid. And, and you can mold this kid into whatever you want it to be as an organization. But at the same time, there is also things that lead you to say, why not give me a Jermaine Johnson? Why not give me a David Ojabo? Why not give me a Trayvon Walker? Like, like I said, I personally don't believe the rumors about him not being all in it. But playing devil's advocate, like if you're a franchise and you're picking in the top five, you do not want to sit here and play a what if. And I'm sure there's different psychological tests that they can test with KT. But that's my thoughts. Yeah. Any other losers on the edge class or even thoughts on Thibodeau? That's all I got. Okay, let's move to – we still got to do winners for Edge, correct? We probably all have a similar winner. I'm sure Trayvon Walker is a big name. Yeah. He should be the name. Wow. I have another one. Boye Mafe went nuts. He, too. he was he mad, did, dude. Four, five, three, 38-inch vertical. Almost had 33-inch arms. Like, that's, that's get a first-round pick. Yeah, like, that's a first-round pick. With above average tape too, like yes, he's a good, good player. You know how I said that. Uh, you know how I said that Trevor Penning was one of two players who I'm going to have to circle back on and, and kind of just check the tape. Travon Walker's the other one of the two. He's somebody that I have low that I don't even have him in. Like I don't think I have him in my top six edges right now. But like it's like. He, He's really, really jumping off on Four, people's five, boards. One. <laughs> yeah, two seventy-two. Yeah, like, no, it's insane. Oh. I, I will also give a little shout out to George Karloftis. His arm length was a concern. It came in just fine, so I, I think he's safe to take in the fir- in in the middle of the first round, middle to early first round. 
in the middle of the Vikings state. With that. George it, it it's a fit, so it very well could be. Um, linebackers. A winner for the linebacker position for me was Christian Harris, linebacker for Alabama. 4-4-4-40 and 11-inch broad jump, which was the second best for the linebacker group. It's impressive. He flies all over the place for Bama. He's got the pedigree playing in the SEC. I think he made him some money this weekend. I put Demond Clark out of LSU as a winner. He didn't test particularly well, but a lot of reports that I heard was that people on the LSU staff were just raving about him, um, just kind of how he plays. And they have NFL coaches that that have coached at LSU. Uh, the Vikings DB coaches was the defensive coordinator at LSU. So for having LSU coaches speak super highly of him, I think he's going to be a player that climbs up people's linebacker boards. And then I might be stealing Becker's thunder here, but um, just a sheer physical attributes, uh, Leo Chenal out of Wisconsin, uh, running a four, five, three at two fifty, having a 40 inch vertical and having a 10 foot eight broad jump is just insane physical traits and things that you can try to mold. If you really believe in your coaching staff, if you know, that's what you want is just a very physically tool, toolsy guy from the linebacker class. Jack Sambor ran a four, seven, three though. What's up with that? Slows molasses. Uh, his, his was slow but yes Josh did steal my guy if you're going to say his name say it right it's Chanel Chanel <laughs> at a 9.99 out of 10 on the RAS the relative athletic scoring the dude was just an absolute freak he did exactly what I think a lot of people that watch a lot of a lot of Badger games would expect him to do because he's just very 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 physically imposing I mean so unfortunately, like Wisconsin players, obviously they get a rep when they're on, on the defense side of the football. They consistently produce one of the top defenses in the country, but it's it's always touted as the system, Leonard, blah, blah, you know, so on and so on and so on. And to be honest, even to an extent a little bit with TJ. Now I know he was still drafted pretty high, um, but like if you looked at his tape and he wasn't wearing a W, like it might've been a little bit different. And I'm not saying, I'm not just saying there's that, you know, the stereotype. There he is. <laughs> but I, I just I, like, if you watch his tape, like it's really good. Like he's, he's, he's really good. Um, he's a day like, two pick. Like, yeah. I think he's he a day two pick. A day two. Yep. He's a day two pick. And I think his numbers helped that. Like I think before, prior to that, he was not a day two pick to be honest That's to fair. a lot of teams. And that to me is, like unfortunate because if you watch his tape, I don't think it screams day two pick, but now his numbers obviously help back that up. But yes, I agree. He's a day two pick. However, I don't know if he was prior to the weekend. So he's, he's definitely a winner. Let's talk about them corners. My corners. Who was a cornerback winner this weekend? Are you talking about your boy? Tariq Woolen. Six four out of UTSA. I was six I was, four. Yeah, 6'4", played wide receiver before. He ran a 4.26 official 40-yard dash time at 6'4". 42-inch vertical, which is insane. Like, that, that is insane. It's, it's interesting that he didn't do any other tests, so I'm wondering if the rest is bad because he was really good 40 time and really good vert. But he's 6'4", 205. I would take him in the second round. I, I think the, the upside oh. is insane he is in my top 32 players wow yeah i am in i watched his film is he's he makes mistakes but like coaching mistakes eyes too much in the backfield like his physical he's got 33 and 5 8 inch arms like that is long that is really long at 6'4 he can make a lot of plays on the ball too wide receiver background so i'm all in on Tariq woolen and as we all know, Brady likes big corners, and he cannot lie. The guy I had, corners. The, the guy I had, is another name that that Brady really likes. And when we look at the combine, I feel like we have kind of alluded to this a little bit. We really like to see guys. We're we're interested to see guys who have the chance to sort of cement themselves as the best player at their position. And I think Sauce Gardner did that. 100%. I think he did exactly what his nickname says and his, and he channeled his alter ego sauce and he just, I mean, he balled out this weekend. And I think 
he he absolutely established himself as the top corner, especially when you hear guys like uh, DSJ dropping. Yeah, I don't think he's getting a 12 anymore for the Vikings, he's, which is disappointing. Um, we're talking about on NFL Network about the potential for him going one-on-one. Let's just – let's calm down. I'm in. I'm all I, in. That is fantastic. I, I, I told you, I, I saw shades of Jalen Ramsey when I watched like, – Shut, he gave up 130 yards this whole that's year. Just like, that's stupid. Lockdown. That's stupid. It's stupid that for him to go one on one. No, I'm saying it's oh. stupid how many yard, how much yards he went 130, 130 yards all year. That's like absurd. Yeah, no, I agree. But you know, you you don't think it's stupid that he would he would should go one on one. No, I don't think it's stupid. If you I can get Jalen Ramsey, Ramsey, if I can get Jalen Ramsey at one on one, I'm taking Jalen Ramsey. Like, that's the best corner in the game. Like if you have a lockdown corner, it it cuts the field in half. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's it's impressive. Uh, I also had Woolen as my guy. Four two six is absolutely flying. I would have loved to have seen him do the three cone because when you talk about corners, it's getting in and out of your breaks, right? And that's something that's very important. But what it says is that if he gets beat, he's probably closing in on it for a deep ball, like six four with a four two six speed. Like he's probably not getting beat deep quite a bit. Another name that I think it's important to to note is Kair Elam yes. out of uh, Florida four three nine. Let's not disrespect four three nine. Four three nine is booking it. So he he's really good tape uh, on him as well. Very good tape. Yeah. No, I'm glad you brought him up. He, I think he's a first round pick. I agree. Oh. Losers for the cornerback position. Kyler Gordon. Yes. Kyler Gordon. There was there was talks. I think it was Daniel Jeremiah that came out and tweeted that he's going to turn heads at the combine with just with his athleticism. And I know that the 40 yard dash turned the heads the wrong way. (laughs) Yeah. The 40 yard dash is not end all be all, but four or five, two is just not going to get the job done. Especially when your counterparts are running in the four threes point two makes a difference in the NFL. There's a huge difference between four, three, three and four, five, three. And there is guys that are running four, three, three ahead of him. And he was supposed to win with his athleticism. I had a lot of guys, honestly, as losers for the corner position. Roger McCreary was a loser for me too. So you have shorter arms. You got to make up with that with quickness or speed. He ran where, where did his time go? A four five Oh, it's not great for somebody who's a little bit. Yeah, but isn't he supposed to be a sl- slot corner? That, I think that that's what this, this came out. Like he is going to be a nickel corner. Like, and that's fine. Everybody needs it. But like the only, yeah. the only test he did was, <laughs> A four or all you did was a forty yard dash and it was a four or five. Also, you ain't drafting a slot corner in in the first round. I don't oh, think. Not in a million years. Yeah. Um, I, do you think? Do you think Stingley Junior is gonna like cement himself as cornerback two at this pro day, or do you th- still think that's up in the air with McDuffie? I think it's up in the air with McDuffie, and I think it's up in the air with Kyler Elam. I I think Kyler yeah. and even uh I'm missing the guy from Clemson too. Andrew Booth. Andrew Booth, he had an he okay. He didn't participate either, yeah. In the 40, I think it was. Or even, I don't even know if he participated. I don't know if he did at all. He just did no. He just did measurables, I think. Okay. But I think he's, yeah. Derek Stingley Jr. has fallen a lot. I think people are concerned about his injury. Like, significantly concerned about his injury because. Is it Matt Miller that said he'll be closer to 20 than closer to 10? I think, yes. Okay. I think I saw that he was, like, they're saying, like, expect him to go in the 20s. Okay, that's that's somebody that's plugged in. Like, so I'm concerned about him. McDuffie, I was a little bit, I don't know. He's small. <laughs> I, I I like big corners, so yeah, opposite know. of sauce. Yeah, so um, it was okay. But then like Sauce Gardner's counterpart, Kobe Bryant, who won the Thorpe Award, he didn't have a great day. Four five four is not very good for. 611193. So I don't know. I also think you, you take the, I mean, we always say they're 40 time, right? Because it's, I think it's the most exciting drill that they do at the combine. It's the one that gets the most pub. There's more to it than the 40 yard dash. I mean, absolutely. There will never be a time where the corner is lining up in a sprinter stance across from a wide receiver. Never. No. Right. So I, I, I think there is a time and a place. 
there is closing speed that is needed, but at the end of the day, like the 10 yard split matters. Um, three cone matters. It's there's a lot of different factors that obviously GMs plug into as well. For sure. Let's talk safeties. Who is a loser Goodness. in the safety position? Oh my word. Like, can, can I say this? Can yes, I say can. Kyle Hamilton? You absolutely can say Kyle Hamilton. And and that's because I just don't know of another player. Like I, I feel strongly about Yeah, no, I I when you look at his tests, it's time for the worst safety time. He, he doesn't jump off on any of the tests. Am I concerned about Kyle Hamilton? No. But the, the point of this exercise is, are you a winner in the combine or are you a loser? And oh. Kyle Hamilton did not blow any of the tests out of the water, but I don't think he was also supposed to. Like, he he wins on his <laughs> tape, but Sorry, it's bro. not like this this freak athlete. He mm-hmm. just does everything. And I, I, I'm not concerned about Kyle Hamilton. I don't. I don't can he be a tie? Like he's a winner or a loser. And I think he's a loser in, in the combine, in the combine. He's a loser in the combine. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, that didn't sound right. <laughs> Big Kyle Hamilton guy. Just so you guys know, he's my number two overall prospect. Same. I, uh, a loser for me. And it was a guy that I'm normally high on is Jalen Petrie. He was, he was yeah. a low on, he was low in a lot of things. Didn't run low numbers for the bench. The vertical was below average. Um, I guess the one shining light was his short area quickness. I don't know. I just thought I was going to see a little bit more out of him, especially like for me, he's, he's a guy that tackles well. He's inside the box. I thought maybe a bench, his bench would be a little bit better. I don't know. I guess we might be nitpicking here, but he was kind of a loser for me. Yeah. That's kind of the nature of the, the drill, but uh, sorry, Becker, go ahead. I, I had uh brisker, uh, only because a guy who is in a very similar conversation with him of him, is probably most of your guys' winners um, because he was very much seen uh, this weekend. Hey, and, and he, like, they're both, I think, fighting for kind of, or were fighting for that late, you know, first round, early second round conversation as far, you know, at the same position. And obviously, uh, Lewis Seen definitely put on more of a show than, than Brisker did. And Brisker getting hurt during his bench definitely didn't help the situation. Uh, but I mean, Brisker obviously will have a second opportunity at the pro day to see if he can outshine him. But yeah, so let's talk winners. Um, obviously, outside of Smoke Monday from Auburn, his his name's a winner name, so we're gonna we're gonna leave that there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a winner for the safety position, Lewis Seen. Jeremy already gave it away. Four three seven. It's great. I think it's ironic how we did the one's got to go, and we all majority had Lewis seen. I think if we asked that question today, I think there would be a very different answer. How the thing is, like, I would be like, ha, told you so, but the one that I said that was going to go was Daxon Hill, who's going to be a first-round pick. So I don't know if I'm going to do that either. Speaking of that, he was one of my winners. It was Daxon Hill. Yeah. How many first-round picks is that Georgia defense going to have? Like three. (laughs) Just insane talent. Nicobe Dean, Lewis Seen, and no. they're gonna have Davis. Oh, Trevon Walker. They're gonna have four. Trevon yeah. Walker, Wyatt, and Dean. I would say are the four. Possibly I would take out. At the end. I would take out Jordan Davis and add Lewis Seen. You don't think Jordan Davis? Can no, he's gonna be a first. Just trying to get pretty going, guys. I was like, you kidding me? <laughs> you said that with a straight face. Oh, you bad. did it. Yeah, you did a heck of a job with that. Oh man. Thanks, guys. Okay. Thanks, guys. Let's move to our Good one's compliment. gotta go. This is a post combine rankings. Which one of these has to go? OT1, Trevor Penning, Malik Willis, Jordan Davis, and Jermaine Johnson. Bradley, which one's gotta go for you? I'm not changing my opinion until I my eyes tell me to change it, and that's Trevor Penning's gotta go. Malik Willis has to go for me. Josh, <clears throat> what say you? No, I I mean like strictly based on like the positional, not necessarily position value, but just like the prospects themselves and how I'd agree with Malik Willis. Like there's just a lot of question marks with his accuracy, but the upside's there. That's why I talk about him so often. But uh, of these guys, I think there's a lot more floor, which I know you guys love when I say that. Uh, it's all the other prospects. I, I also have Malik Willis. Just Rank them now. So for me, it's Jordan Man. Davis, Jermaine Johnson, Trevor Penning, Malik Willis. That's my order as well. For me, it's Jermaine Johnson, Jordan Davis, 
Malik Willis, Trevor Penning. It's just insane. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you hater. I, Wait, I, my I, fault. Mine's mine's Jermaine. I misspoke. Jermaine Johnson, Jordan Davis, Malik Willis, or uh, Trevor Penning, Malik Willis. Yep, that's me as well. All right. Well, that wraps up this episode of Fourth and Mile. Thank you so much for joining us. Go deep, and we'll see you.